Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bishop Daniel Harley, the resident pastor of Christ Our Hope Cathedral, Kudumansville, and overseer of the KZN Council of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley is a son of Bishop Dag Hewitt Miller, the founder and bishop of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley has a strong passion for missions and evangelism and has preached the gospel over many years. Join us now for a life-changing experience. Wow, wonderful. That was just by the way. At this church, if you don't clap, the pastor will come and whip you. No, please. Let us pray. Close your eyes. Let's pray wherever you are. If you're at home, also close your eyes. Let us share a word of prayer. Father, thanks a million for this blessed opportunity to be in your presence, to receive your word, and to be blessed. Forgive us for our iniquities and our sins. Have mercy on us and visit us in a special way. Let our lives be changed. Let our lives be improved. Let our lives be transformed. Let our relationship with you be better. In the name of Jesus, let the entrance of your word bring light and understanding into our lives. We give you praise. We give you glory. May you be exalted. May you be lifted up. And may you alone be glorified. In the name of Jesus, I bind the devil and the evil one from this service in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the voice of Satan right now. In the name of Jesus. Wherever you are, just bind the devil right now. I feel the devil busy operating against the church, operating against us as individuals. Bind the devil right now. Bind it. Say, I bind you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. To bind the devil means to restrict his activities, to prevent him from having an effect on you, to prevent him from doing anything that works against you. We bind the devil right now. We silence his evil voice. We silence his accusation. There's somebody here right now. The devil is accusing you and reminding you of something you did wrong right now. Bind him. Silence him now. We silence the deceiver. We silence the accuser. We silence the opposer. Now in the name of Jesus. We bind you now. As we come before your way, we say you will have no influence. You will have no influence. You will have no say. Only the voice of God and the spirit of the Lord will come through to us. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Just thank God for victory right now thank god for victory right now right now victory over the devil over every threat and accusation against you victory now 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 victory 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 belongs to jesus victory belongs to jesus now 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 in the name of jesus thank you for victory thank you lord we bless you we thank you in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 You may be seated. Hallelujah. It's a blessing to come to you this morning. Uh, I believe that God has something in store for each and every one of us. Those of you here present, those of you linking up via. Um, Facebook, I know God has something special for you. And my prayer is that what God has for us, we will receive it. Amen. Amen. John 15, 3, Jesus said, you are clean by the words which I have spoken unto you. So anytime we make an encounter with God's word, God cleans us up. Hey, pastor, but I took my bath before I came. Yes, it's true. But you realize that when you take your bath, it only washes your body. But it doesn't wash your soul. It doesn't wash your spirit. Do you get it? It doesn't wash your spirit. If you are sad when you are going to take your bath, you see that after you've taken your bath, you are still sad. Because your soap, your soap and your water doesn't wash your soul. Do you get it? If you are hurt before you take your bath, after you finish taking your bath, you will still be hurt. Because your water, whether hot or cold, does not take away that. It doesn't wash your soul. So as God's word is coming, God is cleaning our soul. God is cleaning our spirits. Hallelujah. Say a nice amen. amen. Say an amen to encourage me. Amen. 
Wonderful. Great. So I pray that we will open our hearts to receive God's word. Um, I remember a story of a church where the pastor will always preach and there was this gentleman in the church. Anytime the pastor will finish preaching, he will tell the pastor, he will go to the pastor and say, Pastor, what a powerful message. In fact, you really gave it to them. You know, and, and, and the pastor will be wondering, and every day this gentleman will do that. And the pastor will be wondering that this guy, what I am preaching is primarily for him. Do you get it? But he always says that you really gave it to them. You know, so um, one day, and this guy usually comes to church very early. I, love, I like church members who come early. So he usually comes very early. So one day he came early, but when he came to church, then suddenly it started to rain. It started to rain. And when it rained, nobody came to church. So it was just himself and the pastor. And the pastor preached powerfully to him. When the pastor finished preaching and the service ended, this guy walked to the pastor and said, Wow, pastor, look, you always preach, but as for today, my God, as for today, you preach so powerfully. I, I can't even believe that you preach like that. Then he said, honestly, if they had come, you would have given it to them. Yeah, if they had come, you would have given it to them. Yeah, but usually the church is like that. When we sit down to hear the word of God, we think of somebody else. We think that, oh, this message, it's a very good message. And it's a good message for this other person. Meanwhile, God is trying to talk to us. Hallelujah. Many people sit down and listen to the word. Oh, no, he's not talking to me. I mean, it's not about me. I'm gooder, I'm gooder than that. Tell your neighbor, I'm gooder than that. Do you see? It's not me. It's not me. He's talking about my neighbor. But many a time, look, God is talking to you. I mean, imagine those of you who are parents. When you make food, you make food for your neighbor's children, you make food for your children. As a pastor, when I prepare a message, I prepare it for my church members. I don't prepare for somebody sitting in Cuba. Do you know Cuba? It's around Hawick, that side. Somebody who's sitting in, in Cuba, that's the person I prepare the message for. It's, it's a... I mean, as I was leaving home today, I told my children what to eat in the afternoon just in case their mother doesn't come back from work early enough. I told them what to eat. I didn't tell the neighbor's children what to eat. Hallelujah. So when you come to church and I'm preaching, I'm preaching to you. Tell your neighbor, pastor is preaching to you. Yeah, I'm preaching to you. I'm not preaching to somebody who is sitting in China. Eh? Nowadays, when we go to church, they are preaching to some people who are sitting in California. I mean, how do I? They are even asleep. As at this time, they are asleep. How do I preach to them? The people in California, they are asleep. I'm preaching to you. Hallelujah. Yeah, I'm preaching to you. Put your hands together to me, for me, for preaching to you. Yeah. Hallelujah. So I pray that we will be blessed. I've been talking about why you must be a permanent member of this church. Hallelujah. And I'm talking about this church. I'm not talking about any other church because I do not have the right to talk about another church. I only have the right to talk about this church. Amen. You see, uh, why you must be a permanent member of this church. And I said that there are so many things. And like I said, I'm preaching to you. Okay, tell your neighbor, I'm watching you closely. I'm watching you. Pastor is preaching to you and I'm watching you closely. Good. Now, there are, in life, there are certain things that only come with permanence. When you don't have a mind to be permanent, there are certain things you do not get. And I use a good example of a relationship. Until you are permanent in the relationship, which is you are now a wife or a husband, there are certain privileges you cannot have. Hallelujah. You cannot have it. Even if you have been a girlfriend for 17 years, you cannot use the title Mrs. 
So if, you are, if, if the guy is called Mr. Banda, you can't say I'm Mrs. Banda. You, you, you understand? You cannot. Yeah, you are like a permanent, long-term, long-term girlfriend. You cannot use the title wife or spouse. Do you, do you see? You cannot until you, you decide I'm going to be in this thing permanently, which is get married, do the legal things, meet the family rights, and become Mrs. Banda. Until then, they will always just, and even the children, they will always be calling you auntie, auntie. Auntie. Auntie is not a very good. No, when, when, <laughs> unless your nephews and your nieces call you auntie, anybody else who calls you auntie, basically they are trying to say that you are supposed to be in a certain category, but you are not. But to be nice to you, we, we say auntie. Do you understand? I don't know if you if you are coming along. Nephews and nieces, when they call you auntie, then it's for the right reason. Apart from that, any group when they say auntie, say maybe you are in the church, you are supposed to be a pastor, but you have not allowed yourself to develop to become a pastor. But you have been around for so long. I mean, you were with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, so they don't know how to just call you by your first name, because it's white people who do that. They just address you by your first name. Black people, because of our culture, we don't do that. So, so that we don't sound rude, we call you Auntie Banda. Then you're like, Auntie Banda, Auntie Banda. Today, Banda is on the scene, so Auntie Banda, yeah. Yeah, Auntie Banda, so that's, yeah. So have a mind that whatever you are doing, you will do it permanently. There's one famous thing I always tell people who get married. You see, every couple, when you go to their house, you see that famous wedding picture. Yeah, wedding. that's the most important thing when it comes to a wedding. All the plenty cars, celebrity, don't, we forget them. The only thing that remains is the famous wedding picture, husband and wife. When you go, you see they've taken it, then they put it in their living room. Until you are married, you can't have that picture. You can't. Until you make things permanent, there are some blessings you cannot have. You cannot have an inheritance. Do you get you? Oh, yes. If they had come, I would have given it to them. Yeah. Do you get it? So I pray that we will all have a certain mind that as I am in this church, I am permanently in the church. I'm here till I die. Yeah. Of course, things happen. People move around, think different things. But the fact that the mind with which you are in the thing is not a mind of permanence, there are some blessings that will not come your way. Fortunately for us, this our church is, 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 is international and is global. So wherever you go, you find our church. You go to uh, uh, Lesotho, our church, the whole of Sadek, Africa. Any, we are in 90 countries in the world. And we are planning to go to 190 countries to make sure that every single country in the world, whether you go there, you will find, if you go to Iraq, you will find the church there. If you go to Uruguay, you will find the church there. What a blessing. Put your hands together for a great ministry God has blessed us to be part of. As you are putting your hands together also, what it means is that some of you are the people who will go to these places to plant the church there. That's what it means. Oh, pastor, how do you know that? I was also in, in, in one of our churches one day. The pastor will say, one day you will be, you guys... One day we'll have the church here, we'll have the church here, and then you guys putting your hands together will be the people there. I was part of them, and today I'm one of the people somewhere else in the... I didn't begin here. I, didn't, I used to be a member in the church in England, and then now I'm here. It's a different thing altogether. So one day, Cindy, we'll see you are a pastor somewhere in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Great. So um, I started to give you reasons. One of the reasons I gave was that you must be permanent because you are part of a family. The church of God is a family. You are part of a family. You don't leave a family. When you are part of a family, you don't leave it. You don't leave it and say, oh, look, I'm tired of being in this family. I'm going to join another family. You stay in your family forever. How do you know that you stay in your family forever? You never change your name. If your name is Banda, James Banda, you stay James Banda till either you marry to join a new family 
Or if you are a male, till you die, you will be called Mr. Banda, like that. You get it. You don't leave a family, although there are quarrels in the family, although you have this particular auntie. Her behavior is like a witch, but still, you don't leave there. Anytime she comes, every day she has eggs. Only her. Every day she's holding eggs and she's shaking it and moving around in the house. You see, you, when you look at you see, ah, this behavior is not common. You see, she's always holding eggs and powder. Eggs and powder. Baby, baby powder. Then she'll pour it on the eggs. But you never say, oh, because of this, my witch-like auntie, I'm leaving the family. Never. Never. And if I make a mistake and I talk about your auntie, that the way her behavior is, are you correct? You'll be angry now. And say, why do I talk about your family like that? That's how it is. Because why is it? It's not like your family is a good or a great family. It's just your family. And you belong to it for life. The same way the church, it may not be whatever, whatever. I mean, the way we are feeling cold, there should be heaters all around. There should be people serving coffee as the pastor is preaching. We know all these things that they are not there, but it's still our church. It's still our family, and we belong to it. Yeah. Number two, I said that you are part of a building. The Bible says, Ephesians 3.50, the Bible says that the family is named after Christ Jesus. Then, I said the second one, you are part of a building. Bible says you are God's husband, you are God's building. God refers to us as his building. Now, if you are part of a building, you don't see your building. I mean, imagine you got home today and your kitchen is not there. Imagine the problems it will cause to the house. Your kitchen is gone away. Or your toilet is gone away. Or your living room is gone away. Or your bedroom is gone away. Yes, I know that. There are some of us, our kitchen, our bedroom, our bathroom, everything is one. It's still part of it. It's still a building. If, if one part goes away, it becomes a problem. In the same way, you don't leave the building. You don't leave. I mean, the kitchen, last week, our kitchen members, they were supposed to give us jollof. They disappointed us. We are still waiting. Somebody say amen. Yeah, we are still waiting. Number three, we said you are part of God's garden. That's why you must be permanent. You are part of a garden. We read from, give me that scripture, Isaiah chapter 5. We read from Isaiah chapter 5, God having a discussion and saying what he had done for his garden. And his garden was giving him the wrong kind of fruit. And he was so angry. He said he had built a wall around it. Yeah, start from verse 1. You, you are too far. He, he had built a wall around the garden. He has fenced it. He has put a pillar in them. He has gathered the stones from the garden so that the garden can bring forth good fruit. Rather, the garden was bringing forth evil or sour grapes. Then he asked a very important question. What else should I do? What else should I do for this, this my garden to make sure that this garden brings forth? Judge between, he called and he said, judge between me and this garden. What else should I do for you? Sometimes you watch, you watch in the church and you wonder what else should we do as a church for our members to please them? What else should we do? What else can we do? And what else should we do for our members? We've done enough. We've put, there's, there's a lot of churches, they don't have a place to meet. Yeah, they don't have a place to meet. Even our, our church in Durban, the size of the, the, the hall and the current loss with gathering. Meeting in the hall looks unreasonable. Because we pay a lot of money as rent for the place. And, the, and right now it can hold maybe about just 20 people. So now, should we even continue meeting in Deba? We shouldn't continue meeting in Deba. It's not a small thing to have a church with a building, a place to have service. Yeah, it's not a small thing. It's not a small thing to have a church with a pastor. You don't know how difficult it is to bring forth a pastor to groom somebody to turn his plans, to change his plans of what he wants to do with his life. And, and the person decides, I'm going to sacrifice my life to be a pastor to some people. Pastors, we also like our privacy. 
Yeah, we also like our privacy. Do you know how I know that I like my privacy? When I'm in my house, I'm always in my room. I'm always in my room. Hardly do I come out of my room. If I come out of my room, it mean, either means I'm hungry or I'm coming to watch football with my children. That's all. These are the only two. Apart from I'm always in my or I'm going out. We like our privacy. But to be a pastor, you cannot have privacy. Everybody, somebody's child is coughing, they'll call you. Please, my child is coughing. I want to check whether it's coronavirus or it's not. Somebody's child's ear is shaking. They say, come and stop the ear from shaking. Say, Look, I'm telling you, different things. Yeah, different. You, you can't breathe. Somebody is sleeping. He has overeating before he went to sleep. Do, do, do you know, he overeat in the evening. So as he's sleeping, he's having dreams. He will call you. He, and you are having a nice dream. If, uh, look, you are having a beautiful dream. In the dream, you are driving your, your dream car. You are driving your dream car. You are living in a palace. Then in the mid, just when they serve the food you are about to eat, then the guy will call you. When you pick the other pastor, I'm having a bad dream. I say, oh, why don't you wait till the morning? Let me also finish my dream. At least allow me to finish my dream. You have finished your dream. And you are waking me up. That's the life of a pastor. That's, look, a pastor's life eh, is, you go, somebody has a problem, you cry with the person now, just in the middle of the crying, somebody else calls you, pastor, I've had a, a, I've found a new job. You have to enjoy with the person, same time. So you switch between crying and laughing and back to crying at the same, it's, look, it's a roller coaster. Because the person who has had a problem that is crying, if you don't cry with them, it's like, why are you not, why don't you feel my pain? The person who has had joy, too, if you don't laugh with them, you, you, you don't want to know. Yeah. So then the question is, what more should we do for you? What more? That's what God was asking. You are my guardian. What more should I do for you? I've prevented problems from coming to you. I've taken the stones. I've built a wall. Still, Sometimes you wonder. It's like being with a girl who doesn't love you. It's like you're in a relationship with a girl who doesn't love you. No matter what you do, she cannot be happy. Can I take off my jacket? Yeah, it's like you're with a girl who doesn't love you. No matter what you do, you can't make her happy. She said, today she says, I want a house. You buy, I want this. I want shoe. I want Brazilian. You, you buy flowers. She said, you should have brought nails. You bring nails. Say, you should have brought hair. You bring hair. Say, you should have brought eyelashes. All kinds of things. Hey. Church members are like that. You don't know how to make them happy. You never know. So you ask the question, what more should I do? What more should I do? As a church, we are asking, what more should we do before you realize that God has put you in a good place? That's the question God was asking his garden. What more should I do for this garden? What more? What more? What more? Number four, let's go. We are going all the way to about 1820, so let's go quickly. Number four. The fourth reason is that you are part of a tree. You are part of a tree. John 15. You are part of a tree. Say, I am part of a tree. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my father is the husband man. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bear more fruit. Anytime you are doing well, what God does is that he purges you so that you can do much more to purge means he removes things that are in us that 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 don't help us to do our best so that we can do even much more than we already do. Then he says, You are clean by the words which I have spoken to you. Verse 4 it says, Abide in me and I in you, as every branch cannot, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abides in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, verse 5, and you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do 
nothing. Verse, says that, verse 6 says that, if a man abide in me, abideth not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and withereth. And men gather them and cast them into fire and they are burned. Here Jesus is saying that he, Jesus, he is a tree and we are the branches. We are the branches. Some of us are big branches. Some of us are smaller branches. But whatever it is, we are branches. We are branches of the tree. So as you sit in church today or as you are watching at home, you are part of a tree. Now, one of the, the source of life for every branch is the fact that it is connected to the tree. It can have a lot of fruits if it's not connected to the tree. That's the end. Verse 6, it says, any tree that abideth not in me, it's water. It's, it's taken away. And it withers. To wither means it dries. Once you take the branch away from the tree, it starts to wither. It starts to dry. It starts to wither. It starts to dry. There are many people in church or in churches who are not connected. They are, look, who are disconnected from the church. There are different levels of disconnection. There's, there's what we know as physical disconnect, which is what we all see. It's like, oh, this church, what am I? Oh, I've been. We have seen over the years, because by the grace of God, I've been doing this thing. When I say this thing, I mean pastoring for about 20 years. Yeah, 20 years. 20 years of my life. I've been pastoring. Yeah. And we have seen it over the years. Over the years where people physically disconnect from the church. And they start to dry up. Initially, they look very nice. Because when you cut a tree, if you like when you go and cut branches of a tree. Initially, the, the branch will look no different from the ones that are connected. They all look the same. They all, they all look good. They, they all pass their exam. Yeah, they all pass their exam. And even the one which is down is now free to do anything it likes. Free to go anywhere it likes. Free to go with anybody it likes. They all pass their exams. They all get a job. They all do any. They all eat. They, all, they are all well. In the, initially, it's like that. But after some time, you see that some, some start to dry up. The one that is not connected starts to dry up till it dies. And Jesus said, even when it withers, when it's dry, you think people will leave. They, don't, they come and take it and then they put it into the fire to burn it. Because the thing is lying there, it doesn't even ask you any questions. You might as well just leave it be. No, they come and take it and they put it into the fire to burn it. Yeah, that's, that's it. Sometimes people disconnect from the church emotionally. Look, where your heart is, you are not there. You can have your whole body there. Even the body can be extra big and be there, but you are not there. You are not there. Sometimes people disconnect with their hearts. Just disconnect with their heart. Even that, that disconnection, it comes even before people physically leave. It disconnects with their hearts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Disconnect, like. Disconnect. So then you give it time. Eventually, you will see, eventually, without faith, unless there's a correction, you see the physical disconnection. It's just a matter of time. Then it goes on from there. Sometimes people disconnect emotionally also. I'm not connected to him, or spiritual. I don't take from it anymore. I'm your pastor, I preach to you. You don't listen to the preacher I'm preaching to you. What do you mean by that? So, as you are sitting there and I'm preaching, what are you doing? Are you, are you playing a game in your head? Hello? I mean, as I'm preaching, the next, I'm preaching for 55 minutes. So, for 55 minutes, as I'm sitting here and I'm standing in front of, as I'm standing, I'm not sitting, sorry. As you are sitting and I'm standing, I'm preaching for 55 minutes. In the 55 minutes, what are you doing? As you are sitting watching. What are you doing? Are you, are, you, are you daydreaming? Are you daydreaming? Mike Maddox said, if you are in a meeting, be there. Do, do you understand what he means? He said, if you are in a meeting, be there. Don't be in the meeting and be thinking of some jollof you are going to eat after the meeting. So the whole 55 minutes that you are in the meeting, they are discussing 
The, and many of us do that when we go for lectures. Hence, we don't pass our exams. Yeah, as the teacher is teaching, dy, dx, throughout the time, you are just reminiscing on, on some soapy you were watching yesterday. Queen. Queen or, or something. Then you are, how? Then the, the lecturer is busy teaching on dy, dx. Then x is equal to y plus e plus 2 squared. And then you are just, when they, they ask you a question, they what do you have any? What don't you understand? Then you lift your hand and say, What don't you say? Everything, the whole show. One day, we were, we were in class, I think I was in high school, and a teacher had taught throughout, taught to the end. Then when he finished, he asked any question. Then one boy lifted his hand and he, he said, he, he said Sir, I don't understand. So the teacher asked, What don't you understand? He said, the whole show. The whole show. The, the teacher said, come. 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 Then he came from the back. Usually bad boys sit at the back. No, usually bad boys sit at the back. Even in the church, you should be careful with sitting at the back. No, you know there are some people who, no matter how much space is in the front, they will be at the back. Yeah, be careful. Watch all of them carefully. Anyway. Back to what I was saying. Then the teacher said, come. So he came from the back. Then he said, go and stand this way. When he said, lie down like a fish and roll like a ball. Just be going up and down. You don't understand everything. Just be going up and down. I've been teaching you for two hours. You don't understand anything. Just, just be, yeah. So for all the time, Liz, we ask, I'm preaching. What were you listening to? What were you hearing? It is so sad. But it all shows a certain spiritual disconnection or emotional disconnection. I don't receive from you anymore. You are not good. Hey, when somebody says, I don't receive from you anymore, what the person is saying is that you are not good enough for me. You are not good enough. Today, let's say it plainly and let's stop playing games. You are not good enough. That's all the person is saying. You. You. Do you know how to spell you? You, 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 why, oh. You are not good enough for me. That's, that's all the person is saying. Yeah, you are not my level. I'm, I, I know my level. You are not my level. You are not good enough. Yeah, you are not good enough. You know, I'm waiting for T.D. Jakes to come and tell me, woman, thou art loose. Then I will know that this is for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm waiting for Benahim to say the presence of the Lord is here. Holy Spirit. Then I will know. I'm waiting for Archbishop Nicholas Duncan William to come and say, Brothers, the other day, Matthew and Co were around. Then I'll be blessed. All they are saying is that you are not good enough. Sometimes they are disconnected spiritually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes it's so funny. They say, oh, please, advise me on this. Look, all the advice is in the preaching. All the advice is in the preaching. Just listen to the preaching. Next one. This one is getting too hot. We'll come next. <laughs> you are part of a tree. When you are part of a tree, you don't discuss your source of life. When you disconnect from the tree, no more nutrients, no more uh, life, no more, and you start to wither and you start to dry. You start to dry. You, and we have seen it. Without fail. You see, life, eh, life, if you have been around, if you live for more than 20 years, you will just see that life is just sequences and patterns. That's life. Yeah. If you are able to go through two cycles of life, you become like a prophet. Anything that starts, you can tell how it will end. You become like a prophet because you have seen it. Maybe you saw it the first one, you didn't notice. The second one, you would have, by 40 years, you will be like a prophet. That's why all our, like our grandmothers and things, they are like pastors when they talk. It's almost like they know everything already. It's not like they are prophetical. They have seen the, the first cycle, the second cycle, the third cycle. Without fail, the fourth one will end the same way. I used to live in a certain part of the world. 
when the, when the girls are 14, 15, and they start developing breasts, the next thing you should expect is a pregnancy. That's the next thing you should expect. So you just pray, don't develop breasts quickly. Just keep looking like a boy. When the boys see you, they always think that you are one of them. So they pass you by, they pass you by. As soon as they see that you are not one of them, you will be pregnant. You will be pregnant. So if you are those type of girls who develop faster than their age, oh, that one, dear, you will lock it quick. So we just watch them. We just watch them. When it's around 16, 16, then starts to argue with you in the church. Then they step out of the church. Just give them nine months. Even sometimes nine months is too long. Just give them nine months. It's the same cycle. So when you come to the church, you see this one, 21, has three children. Game over. This one, 18, has two. Half time. This one. This one, 17. One zero, yeah. Play on, play on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, 21, three children, game over. Yeah. Two children, half time. One child, 17, one child, early go. So don't disconnect from the tree. Do not disconnect from the tree. Sometimes eh, you don't know how much the tree is giving you because it looks like whatever you are getting, everybody is getting it. Do you see? Sometimes when you, I mean like, let me tell you the story. One day, I was going to town with my mother and she was driving. I was quite young then. Then there was a guy selling sugar. Do you get it? A guy selling sugar. Then we were in the traffic. So when the robot went red, we stopped. Then the guy who was selling the sugar, he came to my side of the window. And he, showed, he was showing me the sugar. And I was saying to myself, what is wrong with you? Do I look like somebody who buys sugar? I mean, I was telling like this guy is not clever at all. Instead of going to show the sugar to my mother, who buys sugar? Who, who is into sugar? She's, he's showing the sugar to me. me. I'm not into sugar. I don't do anything with sugar. I only eat it. I only eat the sugar. Why is this? So at a point, I started to feel for him. So I told him, brother, go to the other side. This is the sugar woman. Go there. Before it occurred to you, then he went around to my mother's side. I'm like, look at you. Now, is it that I don't eat sugar? I eat sugar. But because I was living in my mother's house, I didn't, I didn't care where sugar comes from. When I need sugar, I just take my spoon and I start. I never even knew how much sugar cost. Until I moved out of my mother's house. Then I realized that, look, sugar is not cheap. Rice is not cheap. Baked beans is not cheap. I'm telling you. Yeah, baked beans is not cheap. It's not cheap at all. Look, one day I bought the most expensive baked beans in the world. I, 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 I was in London. Remind me next week. Next week I'll tell you that story. I was in London. I bought the most expensive baked beans. Two of them. Two baked beans. Most expensive in the whole world. Yeah, most expensive. I'll tell you next week. <laughs> but I learned from that day when I started buying my own thing that things are not cheap. But because I live in my mother's house, I didn't know. Sometimes because you are connected, you are in the church and you are connected to the tree, you don't know what the church is doing for you. The day you step out, then you see that, ah, it was not so. May you constantly be connected to the tree. Hallelujah. Number, number next one. Number five. You need to be permanent to flourish. You need to be permanent to flourish. This one, I talked about it three Sundays ago, so I won't say much about it. But let's read a scripture, Psalm 92. Psalm number 92. Where is it? Psalm 92, verse 12 
and 13, the Bible says, The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree and shall grow like the cedar of Lebanon. Those who be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. When you are planted, it means you are permanent. When you are permanent, it helps you to flourish. There are some things in life, it takes a long time to see the fruit. It takes a long time to see the fruit. The fruit don't just come overnight. It takes a long time. And you have to stay at it for a long time. Psalm 92 verse 12 and 13. Stay for a long When a palm tree grows, it stays there for a long time and it bears fruit for a long time. Even when it stays there and it finally dies and it falls down, they use the root to make a drink. Yeah, for a long time. But it has to stay there for a long time to mature and to saturate. Then it can become fruitful. Sometimes you must be around for a very long time. A very long time. A very long time. People, I'm just here for one year. You see, you cannot be fruitful. You cannot bear much fruit. Even whatever you are being taught. That, I mean, that's why we go to school for a long time. You go to school for a long time. Even, to, even if you only have matric, even if all you are getting is matric, you have to go to school for about 12 years, which is not adding preschool. Preschool where they teach you colors. This is red. Red is bonvu. Say after me, bonvu. Then you say bonvu. Say it again, bonvu. Bonvu. Why are you not saying it's like though you know already? Did you know that red is bonvu? You didn't know that red is bonvu. I'm telling you also, you will say it. <laughs> yeah, you learn colors. Then as you get better, then they teach you counting. One, two, three. Look, wait until you meet somebody who has not been taught how to count. Then you will see how, how great it is that you know how to count. One day, I was working with, when I first, I started, I started one of the churches that I have been blessed to start. My first treasurer, you know, when you start a church like that, you don't have many people, so this, you do, this. everybody is, a, is an important person in the church. So there was this nice looking sister, I said, oh, be our treasurer, so count the money and everything. So one day we took an offering, and then she was counting. Now, as she was counting, we were here, and then she was counting in the corner. So as she was counting, I had her counting 40, 50, then it was left with coins. So she started to add the coins. So I think there were one round coins. So 51, 52, 53. Count with me. 54, 55. If you're at home, count with me. 56, 57, 58, 59. I thought she was going to 60. To my surprise, she went to 50, 10. Hey, look. All my stories are true, I'm telling you. If I wasn't there, I, I, I know why you don't believe. I know why. Tell your neighbor, I know why you don't believe. I know why you don't believe. I know, I, I, and I don't blame you. No, 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 no. I don't blame you for not believing. Because if I wasn't there, I would also not believe it. But I was there myself. Then I heard her from. So I said, what? She said, oh, 50, 10. I told my wife, this girl cannot be our treasurer again. She can do singing. But she can't do treasury work. That's all. So they teach you counting. All these things. Coloring. Coloring within the box. All these things. You are taught. Then now you start proper school. Grade 1, grade 2, grade 3, grade 4, grade plenty. Till you go to grade 10. Then grade 11, grade 12. That's why you shouldn't repeat any grade. Because it, it takes a long time. When you finish grade 12, then now you have to come to university. If you do the most basic course, at least three years. Three years. Nowadays also with our modern university, people use about four years to do three-year courses. Five years. So you meet somebody, you say, what year? I'm in second year, but I'm doing some first-year courses. I'm in third year, but I'm managing some first and second-year courses. It's so amazing. Yeah, it's so amazing. Yeah, so time. Before you even finish school to start life. Look, to even prosper in life, it takes time. You have to do one thing for a long time. 
before you prosper. So, as for me, I'm going to do a salon business. Three months, I will buy a car. You buy which car? You buy a toy car. That's what you buy, a toy car. Hey, I, I, Pastor, as for me, God has shown me how to do nails. When I do people's nails, it's very nice. I'm going to start a nails business. When I do it, look, in seven months, I will build a house. Listen, you will draw a house, but you will not build a house. It takes time. Time. It takes, do you know how many years it has taken to produce a bishop like myself? 26 years. 26 years. 26 years. 26 years. It, it don't just happen. Oh, when I, I sang one song, you sang one song, two songs, so say, oh, I am now um, um, Helen Bela or Rebecca Malupe. No, it doesn't take, it takes time. Yeah, it takes time. You know, because when I sang the other day, the people were clapping a lot, and they were clapping. Yes, they clap, but you have, they have to clap for you for years before you become a star in it. Be patient and go through the time. When you go through the time, you will get there. Hallelujah. Put your hands together. Next one. Now I'm rushing. So next one. Number six. Be permanent. Why you must be permanent? Be permanent so that you can invest freely. I do two more and then we close. Be permanent so that you can invest freely. You can invest freely. When you are permanently part of something, you are not afraid to invest yourself. You are a permanent part of it. But when you are tempor- a temporary part of it, look, you are even afraid to put your money in it. In a church, you have to invest your time. You have to invest your energy or your effort. You have to invest your money. If you are not going to be in the church permanently, you will even be afraid to invest your money. You'll be afraid to invest your time. You'll be afraid to invest your effort. Yeah, your skill. You'll be afraid because as you are there, you are saving your skill for another place. Yeah, you are saving your, your skill for another place. You will be afraid to invest. Because you are here temporarily. Let me give you an example. It's like when you are living in a house and the house is not for you. You don't, you don't, you don't invest anything into the house. No, no, no. You won't invest anything. You won't say, oh, okay, you know something. This place, it will be nice if we do, we do some nice lighting system there. You won't do it. Because it's not your house. And rightfully so. Because it's not your house. But if it belongs to you, you will see immediately ideas will occur to you how to improve the place. People who live in their own houses, every day when you go, they are doing some renovations. Every day they are fixing something. They are changing something. They are improving something. Because it belongs to them. It's their house. This church, before we moved here, we have been in different places, different locations. All the locations, when we go there, we don't build permanent things there. We just arrange our things and make sure that the place is looking nice. Then we have our church. Because it's not for us. It's not for us. But when we bought this place, we know that this place belongs to us. Look, when we first came, this place was not like this. It used to be a bank. There were different things here. And of course, those of you who are saying, hey, pastor, you were not here. I'm watching you. I'm watching you closely. This place was a bank. Even this stage was not here. It had to be built. I've seen pictures of this church when this place was not the front of the church. Yeah, the front of the church was here. Then the front of the church moved somewhere, moved and then eventually, it's like we have been renovating, building. We painted the whole place again. Sometimes we say, okay, we have used that color enough. We are changing it to another color. We painted again. Yeah. The foot carpet, different thing. Why are we free to do that? Because the place belongs to us. The place belongs to us. We are here permanently. It's, it belongs to us. We are here permanently. That's why we are able to do all these changes. We are able to invest into the place. The same when it comes to the church. If you don't feel that I'm in it forever, you will not invest into it. Yeah. You will not invest. I've invested my time, my money, my youth, my children, everything into the church. Because I'm, my, my, my prayer is that I'm here forever. 
here forever. I'm in this church forever. I was born in this church. I should die in this church. Yeah, that's my prayer. It should be your prayer too. It should be your prayer. Also be your plan. Hey, pastor, hey, are we not being presumptuous? Look, what other plan do you want to have? You want to die in Zion? And if you want to die in Zion, are you also not being presumptuous? Are you also not being presumptuous? As though they will accept you in Zion. Anyway, let's go on. <laughs> Number last one. Last one for today. La clap your hands for me. Clap your hands for me. <laughs> the final thing I want to talk about, you must be permanent. Or why you must be permanent. When you are permanent, you have people to celebrate your victories with. You have people to celebrate your victories with. You have people to celebrate your victories with. Romans chapter 12 verse 15, the Bible says, Rejoice with them that rejoice, and weep with them that weep, or mourn with them that mourn. Romans 12, Paul is talking about membership. How we should behave as members. When he talks about beseech you therefore to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy acceptable. After that, then he starts to talk about how we must behave as members. Then he says, one of the things, he, say, he says many things, but one of the things he said was, rejoice with them that rejoice and mourn with them that mourn. Life, the way life is, Look, you won't be like this forever. Lipondo, you won't be like this forever. One day, God will bless you. Your life will change. Some of you listening to me, one day, you will come, today you walk to church. One day you drive your car to church. Yeah. That's how God has made life. You will, look, things will change. Things will get better. We used to sing a song. I'm on my way. I'm on my way. I'm on my way to better days. Better days are coming. I'm telling you. Better days are coming. This cannot be your final destination. How can this be your final? This is not my final destination. One way or another. Better days are coming. I said better days are coming. Better days are coming. Yeah. That's how God is. As he walks with you, things get better. As he deals with you, you get better. You get promoted. Yeah, today you are doing a job. They don't pay you that much. A day will come, they'll do a job, they'll pay you more. Yeah. But when it happens, you need people to enjoy it with. Because joy, joy shared is double joy. And sorrow shared is half sorrow. There will also be times that you will have to cry. Your eyes are not just for seeing. There will be times that things will happen you are not happy with that you have to cry. You need people to cry with. Now, when you are not permanent, when you are in sorrow, you will be in sorrow alone. When you are rejoicing, you will rejoice alone. There will be nobody to rejoice with. I mean, what is the use of having a nice car when you can't share with anybody? When you have a nice car, look, apart from the first day you see the car, you say, wow, every day you are inside the car, you never see the car. It's people who are outside who see the car and say, wow, what a nice car. Wow, what a nice car. So if you don't have people, oh, you have breakthroughs, you have nobody to enjoy it with. Yeah, you have nobody to enjoy it with. And don't take it for granted, think that, oh, look, once I have something, because Bible says money makes itself many friends. So, oh, you have, I tell you this story, one day, one day. I was invited for a birthday celebration. Me amongst many others. So, when it was getting, it was a Sunday afternoon. So after church, when we finished all our meetings, I asked the people in the, in the meeting, how many of you are going for the birthday celebration? To my surprise, how many of you would like to be invited to a party? Okay, fine. How many of you think that, look, when you are invited to a party, by all means, plenty of people will go? Uh, it's, not, it's not necessarily so. Are you calling it's not necessarily so. I'm telling you, it's not necessarily so. I asked the people, Entle, I, I, Entle means what? Beautiful, is that not so? Good. I asked the people, I said, how many, all of us at the meeting had been invited for the party. 
or the celebration. So I asked, how many people are going for the celebration? To my surprise, nobody, not even one or half, nobody. Nobody. I'm telling you, nobody, nobody in the, in the meeting wanted to go for the party. No, not even one. Those of you today, you are pretending that you wanted to go. You are lying. I was there. I saw you. Alan was there. He's my witness. Nobody wanted to go. It was just my wife and I. So I said, oh, no. It's not nice. You, I said, are you correct? You can't do that. So I started to organize the people. I said, no, no, no. It will be very bad if nobody goes. So I, I said, you. They, they, we start, I mobilized the people. Because I'm a pastor. I'm their pastor. So I mobilized them. I used force. I constrained them. I compelled them to go to the party. So they, because they are good church members, they agreed to go. And we left for the party. When we got to the party, you see, you would think that nobody is more surprising. What I'm coming to today will even shock you more and then we'll close on it. Look, when we got to the party, there was nobody at the party. It was the person who was having the party, the spouse, and just one person. One. One person. I mean one, single one, the number next to zero, one yeah and they had laid a long table so when I saw that it was only one I told the people you see if we didn't come this party would have been a funeral because imagine you are having a big celebration you have invited everybody then when you come there's only one person there your heart will even be broken your heart will be broken so it's like, if, if I did, and, and I don't know why I brought it up. If I didn't bring it up at the meeting, I would have gone to the party and it would have just be me and my wife. That one person and then the people having the party. Hey, imagine how, how sad I would have been. Yeah. So don't take it for granted. So as for me, I, I always have people around me. Listen. It's better you are part of the family and you are permanently part of the family so that when God blesses you, and he will, you will have people to celebrate with. You will have, I pray that you will be permanently fixed. Anything that is trying to remove you from the family, you will fight to stay and be part of the family so that that day, when you pass your exam, when you buy your new car, there will be people there to say, wow, we are happy for the new car. When you get that job, there will be people to celebrate with. When you turn that big age and you are having the party, people will be there to have the party with you. That's it. Without that, oh, your life will be one sorrowful life. That's why God is encouraging you this morning to be part of this family and to be permanently in this family. There are people who have made themselves, we travel for hours to go for their weddings. We travel for hours to go for their celebrations. Why? Because they have decided that we are part of this family and we are permanently part of this family. I pray that that same thing will be said about you in the name of Jesus. Stand to your feet. Let's share a word of prayer as we close. Lift your hands wherever you are. Let us pray. Father, I pray for everybody under the sound of my voice and everybody listening to me, help us to be permanent and to be planted. Let us be rooted and grounded in your house in the name of Jesus. Anything trying to take us away, Lord, give us the grace and the wisdom to overcome in the name of Jesus. I want you to pray for yourself just one minute as we close. Pray for yourself and say, Lord, deliver me from every trap to pull me out of this blessed family you have placed me in. Pray right now. One minute. I'm watching 60 seconds. Just speaking thanks. Pray. Ask God to help you now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Man no kaleba. Kamadada.
30 seconds more. Help us, help us, help us, Lord. Deliver us from the trick of the enemy. The trick of the enemy. Deliver us, O oh God. Deliver us, O oh God. Deliver us, O oh God. Help us. Let me be rooted and let me be grounded. Let me be rooted and be grounded in the house you have placed me in now. Lord, help me, help me, help me. 20 seconds more. Marco Bade, Kebaloba, Setoliba, Kandobade, Ripadebe, Brondebrebede, Brondebrebe. That when you bless me, I'll have people to celebrate it with. I'll have people to enjoy it with. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Help me, O God. Help me, O God. Help me, O God. Thank you, O God. Thank you, O God. Thank you, O God. Father, thank you for your word. Let it serve as a deliverance. For all of us, in the name of Jesus, let us be planted, rooted, and grounded in this family you have placed us in. In the name of Jesus, we give you glory, we give you praise, in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. amen. Oh, say aloud, amen, amen. And put your hands together for the Lord. Wow, wow, wow. You may be seated in the presence of God. Thank you for joining us. We believe you have been blessed by this life-transforming message by Bishop Daniel Harley. For more information, contact us at 204 Peter Kirchhoff Street, Peter Maritzburg, or call 083-773-1605. God richly bless you.